When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Well, some very alarming trends continue for the Edmonton Oilers. They have lost five in a row. That's obviously the big one, but a big reason why is that they have just been really bad in first periods, really bad to start games. In fact, get this, the Oilers have allowed the first goal against in now seven straight games. They have been scored on in the first ten minutes in nine straight games. That is nine straight games where they haven't made it through the first half period without giving up a goal. Of course, five of those came in the first two minutes. And the offense from guys who need to put the puck in the net, who need to be on the score sheet, just is not there, is not there at all. In fact, both goals by the Oilers tonight scored by defensemen. Darnell Nurse gets his third. Oscar Clefbaum gets his first. The Oilers have lost five straight. They've completely negated the five-game winning streak they had earlier in the season. They're now 9-8-1 and one on the season. The final score tonight, 4-2 in favor of the Los Angeles Kings, who led, yes, 2-0 before the game was eight minutes old and a big hole that the Oilers can't climb out of. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 11.30, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Rob, we got a couple callers here standing by. Before we go to those, I mean, I, I just feel like this is a, a hauntingly familiar script. I, I know the games have not been all exactly the same, but I, I am just looking at, my, looking at this. How many times are you going to let the other team take the initiative? How many times are you going to wait to start forechecking until you're behind in the game? Well, if this was just a, a new phenomenon that we've seen this year, it's like, all right, they, they've been good before. They'll get back to it. But we've been talking about this for a number of years. The Oilers are a team that seems to want to find its way into a hockey game. And, and, we, and we also talk many times after the game, that that doesn't work. That's not successful in the National Hockey League. Teams that get the lead, teams that score first, typically win the game. And the Oilers find themselves down, and then they start the forecheck. They start the aggressiveness, and they start getting themselves back in the game. But whenever you find yourself down a goal, and especially two goals, you got to play perfect hockey the rest of the game because you can't afford that next slip-up. And a number of times this year, the Oilers have come back. They made it a one-goal game where they've tied the game up. Then they have a mistake, and now they're chasing again. You can't chase in the NHL and win, and the Oilers have been chasing now for the last nine hockey games. The Oilers are going to have to figure out this start. That's what they have to focus on for the adjustment of the game. For Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. All right, we have Greg on the phone line. Greg, thanks a lot for calling in, man. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Okay, I got uh, two questions, so I'll just uh, get one out of the way real quick here. This was a winnable game, um, and I, I hate crapping on refs because I'm a ref myself, but um, there's a lot of missed calls, man. Like the the hit from behind on Maroon, and and I would just like to see some more consistency with the with the officiating in the NHL, um, not just the NHL, but all sports leagues. But anyway, um, and what does McDavid have to do to get a call? Like there was he was mauled all night. Um, there's obvious interference calls and and then there's chintzy calls uh called the other way and it's kind of frustrating as a fan so 
Uh, I'd just like your opinion on that, and then I have one more question about their power play. Um, when it comes to penalties, there's a lot of times when you listen to the game, Bob is a very emotional guy and sometimes sees the games through the Oilers' eyes and will get on the referees when he feels they're unjustly uh, not calling towards the Oilers. And, and there's nights that we disagree. Tonight, tonight I do believe in Bob, and I do believe in what you say. I was shocked at the number of times that Connor McDavid was tangled up, was, was, was hogtied, was interfered with, dragged down all those things without a call. Now, Connor did the right thing. He continued to play through it, gave the ref a little look like, okay, come on now, and kept playing through it. But this was a game that there could have been a number of other opportunities for the refs to make calls. Uh, on plays that involved Connor McDavid. So normally I, 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 I don't think the refereeing has been bad. Tonight I thought the referees missed a number of opportunities, which could it have changed the, the outcome of the game possibly, but then again the winning goal was scored shorthanded by the L.A. Kings. So Well, the the only way it would change the, the outcome of the game is if we declined the penalty. <laughs> the power play is terrible. So. But uh, anyway, the other thing that I wanted to bring up was I think it was Louis DeBrusco Riffer. I'm not sure who it was, but he was uh, talking about the power play and saying that you know if McDavid got the puck down low on the goal line and they had, I don't know, even Lucic or Maroon on the half wall or Puyarvi and then, uh, say, Eberle or Puyarvi in front, McDavid could scale to the half wall. Um, Maroon or Lutic or whoever could go towards, uh, uh, crash the net, and then Eberle or whoever, another right-handed shot, could go back door. So that, that leaves the, the shot almost for... They, the defensemen have to respect that shot or that pass, and it leaves two options for McDavid to either feed to the slot for a, a one-timer or back door to whoever's on the post. And, and I thought that was really good. Um, but I'm just wondering why they haven't tried something like that because clearly their power play needs some work. So, they, well, I, I understand the play what, what you're talking about, and that is an option. Uh, the, the problem is if you get a Lucic or a Maroon up high on the sideboards, the the defending team are going to attack and they're going to attack quickly, and it's it's going to try. They know what the Oilers would want to do in that position. I don't mind having McDavid where he is. I think the problem for the Oilers, one, is they have a lot of left-handed shots. So when McDavid or a Nugent Hopkins or a Dreisaitl make their play from where they are, the the player getting the puck has to stop the puck and adjust to shoot the puck. So they don't have... It, it gives the defenders uh, an extra second to get into shooting lanes. It gives the goalie an extra second to set up properly. The one right-handed shot... And Everly on the same on the same power play that's that's two right-handed shots well they they, they're not going to have both Everly and PRV on the same power play what I would do right now I would move PRV onto the first unit because he has got more of a a weapon as a shot he's got a one-timer Jordan doesn't and teams right now are they're just they're overloading on on McDavid they're making him pass the puck knowing that no one else is going to kill them I, I, I still believe this Oiler power play will get figured out. I do. I think they got too much talent for it not to be successful, but they've got to be better. And tonight, in all honesty, their, their power play lost them the game because they gave up the shorty. Greg, thanks a lot for calling. Let's talk a little bit. Before we get to Kevin on the next line here, let, let's talk a little bit about that shorthanded goal. I mean, the Oilers had had all the momentum. I mean, I, I just I, I thought the Oilers' first period tonight, quite frankly, Rob, was 
was one of their worst of the season. For me, it was it was down with what we saw with, with the Buffalo game. They, they were just they were just doing nothing. Um, they wake up in the second period. Great, you tie the game with goals from a couple unlikely sources. Nurse and Clefbaum. Great. L.A. takes the penalty. Great, you got a chance to go up three two. And I mean, right off the faceoff. And I noted this t- tonight to you during the game because I've noticed it a few times this season. And it, it's totally counter to what should happen. There are too many times when the Oilers win a face-off in either end of the ice and then don't wind up with the puck. Yep. And that's, I, it's, I don't know if it's just they're not bearing down on it or it's, you know, the other team is winning them with races, but but that happened on that play. They, they, it, at the very least, that should have been a, a scrambled, tied-up puck where the Oilers could reset, and seven seconds later, it's an L.A. goal. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, confusion, obviously, by the Oilers. They they looked confused before the face-off, the puck was even dropped. As you saw them flip-flopping sides, you saw them in conversation, which shouldn't happen. There should be no confusion because this is a power play unit that has been together for a long time. So they should know. You know, every time you have a face-off, you know what to do when you win. You know what to do when to lose. It, that's something that you work on in practice. On that one right there, the puck was one, brought back towards the point. Not very far, but it was one towards the Oilers. Everly went in, but right off the draw... Um, trying to think who is the centerman 70 who was the center for the uh, Carter 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 right excuse me I probably should know that name we heard it enough tonight right off the draw Carter realized that he had a, an offensive situation possibility he jumped as soon as that puck went where it was he jumped and Toffoli jumped with him they knew what they were doing they saw the setup by the Oilers they thought okay if I don't win this straight back and it goes that way, I'm taking off because Clefbaum was against the boards. And Eberle was coming in to help out on the faceoff. All they had to do was get the puck past Eberle, and they had a two-on-one, and they did. And and Jordan Eberle could skate as fast as he wants. He's not going to catch Carter. So the L.A. Kings read the situation, read the way the Oilers were set up, and they were going to make it an offensive chance out of it, and they did. It shouldn't happen. The Oilers have got to be able to, when they win a face-off in the offensive zone, they got to get control. And you're right. And we watched, after you said it, we started watching more and more face-offs where the Oilers won the face-off. And they were not, three seconds later, the puck was on the opposition stick. And it wasn't something that just happened tonight. This has been happening for a while. So this is one where you, you go back to the drawing board and you start working on this in practice. You start watching video on it. And on that one right there, Good on the L.A. Kings, but bad on the Edmonton Oilers. You're on a power play, and we're watching this game. We're thinking, oh, they're about to score again. Everything's going their way, and when you give up a shorthanded goal, it deflates you. Yeah. It is huge, and it did the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I mean, the Oilers are tied at 2-2 after being down 2 nothing. 38 seconds later, they fall behind 3-2 again. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. We will turn it on on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. Whenever the Oilers score five in a game, then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations downtown, south side, and north side. Kings win at 4-2. Oilers have lost five straight. We have Kevin on the line. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? We're doing well. Thank you for calling. Uh, that's, uh, thank you for taking my call. So we're still one game above 500, which is good for us, in middle of November. Um, I think we haven't been in this position for a while. And I heard on the post-game show, um, Rob was mentioning about some of our bigger, more physical players not doing enough when we don't have possession of the puck or when we're down at a game. And I completely agree with him. 
Um, we have some heavy hitters on the ice that just aren't doing anything. Um, and I think that needs to change. But I've got a couple of quick questions here. Um, is there an update on Davidson, and is Drake going to play on this road trip? No, Kajula is definitely not going to play, nor is Davidson, but Davidson's getting closer. They both traveled, but Kajula yeah. will probably wind up going to the AHL. Um, Hendricks and Russell are potential to play on Saturday in Dallas. They're the See, closest I like, guys. I now. like that. I like those two. I, I, I like Hendricks coming back. Uh, he is he's that player when when things are down, he does stuff to spark the team, and, and I like that. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. I think we're missing Russell. Um, I, I personally think we're missing Davidson immensely, uh, especially how he played in the second half of last year. If he can step back in and find that same level and that same um, that same stride that he had in the second half of last year, I think our blue line will be immensely different. It's a shame that uh, uh, Drake Kajula will likely be sent down. I thought he had a very fantastic uh uh, training camp, and I, I would like to see him play a game or two. But uh, well, I think he'll be sent down for conditioning, Kevin. Not to, not to be, be awesome. there, not to be there for the whole year. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty good, Kevin. We're going to finish the play with you, buddy. So I'll put you on hold so you can hear this coming up. We want you to win so you can qualify for the grand prize draw: a thousand dollars to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Kevin, listen close to this. It's Leon Drysaddle right corner. Rebel pressuring him. Puliyarvi will drive to the net. He's open. All right. So Kevin, is that uh, does Puliyarvi wind up passing or does he attempt a backhand shot? He attempts a backhand shot. It's Leon Drysaddle right corner. Rebel pressuring him. Puliyarvi will drive to the net. He's open on his backhanded shot. Save rebound. Puliyarvi had it blocked by Gilbert. Yeah, good stuff, Kevin. Hang on the line so Matt can get your information. Pugliarvi did try a backhand. That was the Oilers' really only good opportunities of of the first period tonight. Pugliarvi, uh a promising game from him. He uh, Wow, he played 20 minutes and three seconds. That's the most he played. Only the one shot on goal, a couple that went wide, a couple blocked. The three stars tonight, all from the L.A. Kings. Jeff Carter, Derek Forbort, and Tyler Tavoli. Our fourth star of the game is presented by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I thought a couple of players had, as we talked with, with Bob after the game, had good individual games. I thought Darnell Nurse, he had scored a goal tonight, had seven shots on that, which led the team. Don't see that often from a defenseman. Uh, on defense, Adam Larson had eight hits tonight, but to me, my fourth star... I thought he played a very good game. It was Matthew Benning. He's plus one tonight. Five hits in the game. This is the most physical that we have seen him this year. He's trying to make a, a statement that he wants to stay in the lineup. His players start to get healthy. So to me, the four-star of the game was Matthew Benning. All right, we'll get to some texts at 630-630. Well, phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. The Kings win it 4-2. The Oilers suddenly only a game above 500. 4-2 the final tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Todd McClellan up next. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. All right, the Kings beat the Oilers 4-2 tonight. That means a $50 donation from Booster Juice to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 
Booster Juice is an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. We have some good texts coming into 630-630, but we want to go back to L.A. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Well, it didn't help. Uh, we had just gained a ton of momentum and, and um, you know, went on the power play right away and uh, jump inside and get beat. And, um, obviously, didn't get the save, but there were some other mistakes on it. So it sucked the life out of us for a little while. I thought, yeah, we responded fairly well after that. And um, for me, again, it's the start. Um, it's the, the early mistakes. It's falling behind and not being able to crawl out. Um, Interestingly enough, I, I'm not overly concerned about our offense. I think we're creating plenty of chances and plenty of good looks. Um, certain individuals have to finish on them. Um, it's what we're giving up, and, and uh, we weren't scoring five against this team tonight. Not a chance. We may have been lucky enough to get three, but um, so the, the offensive part's going to come, and it's, it'll come in bunches. I, I think we're getting hungrier around the net. There's bodies everywhere now, uh, but it's what we're giving up that, that's disappointing. Did you feel like the line uh, juggling led to the kind of chances you want, even if you didn't quite have the finish you would have liked? Well, I think it, it gave us a little life and a little bit of energy. It sent uh, a couple messages to, to individuals. But, um, you know, we, we shouldn't have to to get to that situation for that to happen. We should be uh, solid enough as a group to uh, to bring that energy and that, uh, that drive. Um, the shuffling shouldn't have to go on to, to, to create that energy. You mentioned that you guys had the chances, but that finish, how do you kind of breathe that into your players? How do you get more finish from players? I mean, it, it just seems like they're snake bit, but how do you get them to finish on their chance? Well, if I had the answer, we wouldn't even be talking about it because I'd, I'd sprinkle that dust around the locker room and everybody would have it. Um, you know, as, you, as you're as you denied your opportunities, um, your confidence dwindles a little bit, and instead of, uh, of thinking about putting it in, you're, you're holding your breath, and... Um, we've just got to bear down in those situations. It takes only one shot, and it goes by him, and now you feel pretty good as a player, and, and you can get going again. But, um, you know, as long as the, the opportunities and chances are created against a very good defensive team, um, we'll be okay that way. Again, it's the, the other end that's concerning right now. What do you think of the uh, physical attention given to Connor and what sort of close to the line and who knows what side it falls on when it comes to trying to you know corral a player like him by not only this team but many teams over the last little while it's called the nhl and other teams pre-scout they know that they're, they're uh, he's such a key player and um it's the way it, the, the way it is um you know we can't have a a bunch of players running over the glass all the time going to fight it, it doesn't work that way anymore and uh you know, one of our media guys says you probably get a lot of questions about the missed calls. I didn't think there were many missed calls on, on Connor or anybody tonight. They called a, uh, a pretty fair, even game. Uh, we had some hooking, some holding. They had some hooking and holding. Uh, there's no whining and bitching about the officiating or or uh, the opponents playing Connor hard. They We have a team full of guys that can play hard as well, and um, I don't see it that way. Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't see it that way one bit. Do you see any common factors that's led to some of these poor starts? Yeah, um, and they've been uh, addressed. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems to vary from night to night positionally, whether it's, um, you know, the D-man with a turnover or forwards coughing something up, not getting a save at the right time. Um, it's certainly something we're, we're aware of and concerned with and we're trying to fix it.
All right, so that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They lose 4-2 tonight to the LA Kings. Some interesting comments, and I want to read a text here because McClellan was asked about some of the perceived fouls on Connor McDavid tonight. Uh, This is from Ron, who says, unacceptable mental approach to the start of games, both players and coaches to blame, and the Oilers are constantly defeating themselves. I agree with that part of it for sure. I don't Mm -hmm. think we need to add much there. And then Ron also says, it's time Todd McClellan calls out the refs publicly for Connor McDavid not getting deserved calls. Even if he has to sacrifice a few dollars, at least he will get the refs' attention. Yeah, I, I, from my experience with referees, when you call them out, they ain't turning your side. They're going the opposite way. Uh, I, I, when you're chasing, usually you're not getting the calls. I think tonight is the first time that I have seen where the Oilers probably should have gotten more, and most of them were against Connor McDavid. For the most part, I don't think... McDavid has been treated any differently than any of the other stars in the league with the way they call penalties. I think tonight the referees did not... It, it was To me, it was more ref like a, a playoff game where they were allowing things to go both ways. We saw one, I can't remember who it was for the LA Kings. It was a breakaway. I thought it was a penalty shot. He got two-handed. Sakura two-handed his stick, knocked the puck off the stick. I thought that should have been a penalty shot. But there were a number of calls that should have gone against the LA Kings. For, for tackling, holding, interfering on Connor McDavid. But, I mean, all the stars go through it. Watch the Pittsburgh Penguins play every night and see how many times Sidney Crosby is tackled and, and hogtied and, and the frustration that comes over him. When you are a, a star in the NHL, you have the puck more than anyone else. There's more opportunities. And the referees call what they see, but they don't seem to call all of them. I don't think uh, Tom McClellan has to do anything more I think right now the reason they're losing isn't because Connor McDavid's being held. I think a lot of players are underperforming for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-2, the Kings win it tonight. Dan says uh, on the text line, Hey, Robin Reed, I like the offensive contributions of our D-men. Nurse is starting to develop into a special player. Uh, Dan goes on to say, I'm worried about the secondary scoring. I feel Connor is starting to get frustrated with the lack of a natural goal scorer to feed the puck to on his line. Your thoughts? Well, I'm sure McDavid is frustrated about his own scoring as well. I mean, he's still getting assists. He didn't tonight, but uh, he has gone 10 games without a goal, which is, uh, I, I find, hard to believe. But he was asking about McDavid's wingers there. Well, if you're watching the video of the Edmonton Oilers and you're trying to come up with a game plan and you look at the Oilers' wingers, and it's a number of them who have been cold as of late, you're thinking, all right, let's just let's just not give McDavid a chance. Let him f- force him to pass the puck, see if his wingers can beat us. And as of late, they haven't. I mean, Connor McDavid, some incredible plays tonight. I mean, Milan Lucic had, Lucic had two of the best chances he's had in a month, wasn't able to put the puck in the back of the net. So if I'm, I'm facing the Oilers, I'm just, you know what, I'm going to take McDavid up with two guys on him, leave someone else open, see if they can beat us. As for Darnell Nurse, I thought he was excellent tonight. And I think the improvements game-to-game game have been huge. I mean, he's going to have the off whenever he wants to. Well, he's still a young kid, but he's becoming much more assertive when he has the puck on his stick. And I don't know what it is about his shot. It doesn't look like a whole lot, but twice today with little snapshots, he beat Budai. One went through him, just leaked out the back, and then he scores the goal. So, yeah, Nurse was very good, and they need him to be. Interesting question here. Uh, this person didn't sign his or her name. Are we overvaluing our rookies? They've looked good, 
But is that hope from days past they can contribute day in and day out over uh, needing proven veterans? You know, fair question, because I, I think, especially earlier, there was some debate about Puyo-Yarvi, should he be in the AHL. Clearly, this was a, a better game from him. Now, you're going to need him to produce, and there there was a question on the text line as well about, do the Oilers have a top-line right winger that they need to go out and trade for, or is it someone internal? Well, I think in two, three years, it should be Yessi Puyo-Yarvi. It is not yet. I don't, th- I don't think in his case he's being overvalued by the Oilers because I think they're bringing him along. Um, now, now, look, you can make the argument he should be in the AHL. Any 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 fan that is is going to pitch that, it, it's it's totally defensible. Very valid. Yep. With Matthew Benning, the other rookie, am I missing a rookie? They're the only two rookies in the lineup tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. With Matthew Benning, you got to remember, guys. I, I don't think he's been overvalued. He's playing as a five six D man. He earned his spot. He was not supposed to be this high up on the depth chart. Now, Osterley and Reinhardt, are, granted, have been hurt in the AHL, but he outplayed those guys. Um, you know, he went from maybe you think he's the 10, 11th D-man in the organization. He he passed guys. So uh, I don't think he's he's overvalued. I, I think here in the ice time. Now, Drake Kajula, we don't have the information on. I, I would say if you think he's going to come in and solve every problem as a third-line center, then yes, I think you're overvaluing him. But but we don't have the information of, of, of him having played. A fair question. Um, but I, 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 I can't, I mean, you, you could look at some details. I can't quibble too much with the grand scheme of how Pugliarvi and Benning are, are being handled anyway. I, I think the Oilers know where they are. I just think that the Oilers don't have any other options right now. I think they would prefer Pujarvi and Benning in the minors, but they're out playing the guys they have up here. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We have our save of the game coming up. We'll get to more texts, more post-game reaction. Oilers drop another one. The Kings win at 4-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Sacra out, races to Foley, jammed up against the boards, looking to reverse, and stolen away by Pearson, back to the point, slap for Dowdy, and that was knocked out, rebound, what a stop by Gustafson, a glove save on Tanner Pearson. Jonas Gustafson, the Oilers' goaltender tonight, he stops 21 of 25 shots, that's his save of the game for Armor Insurance, protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. The Kings beat the Oilers 4-2 tonight, Forbort, Toffoli, Carter, and Setaguchi scoring for the Kings, Nurse, and Clefbaum for Edmonton. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, thanks for staying up with us at 6 minutes after midnight. You can call 780-496-0063, you can text 63630, which Cal has done. He says, just wondering why they don't give Nurse a chance on the power play. If they trust him enough to kill penalties, I think he deserves a chance on the power play. Uh, good point. I, I think right now, with him being more of a penalty killer, maybe they're limiting minutes. Uh, but I I would have no problem seeing Darnell Nurse on the, the top of the power play. I, he's got a hard shot. He's had, He's got an offensive pedigree from junior. Um, and frankly, nothing else has worked. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that being a possibility going forward. Try him out. All right, let's go back to Los Angeles and hear from Darnell Nurse. Behind every game. So we got the, uh, you know, 
putting that down. I mean, we know we have we know we have better. Uh, it's time to stop saying and just go out there and play. Did, did the short game a goal? Uh, no. At, at uh, any point in that game, we knew we had the, the capability to come back. I mean, chance upon chance upon chance. Uh, I mean, like I said, we, we're playing from behind too much. Uh, you know, and uh, I got to be better. I know a lot of uh, other guys, um, you know, as a, as a team, we all feel that we need, uh, need better starts. Well, playing from behind too much is the understatement of the year. And, Rob, I keep going back to this because I just want to emphasize it, or if people haven't heard it, you may be picking your jaw up off the floor before you go to bed here. Seven straight games, the Oilers have allowed the first goal. Nine straight games, the Oilers have allowed at least one goal before the game was 10 minutes old, including two tonight. Now, in some of those, the Oilers have, have scored themselves, but, but still, you're not making it through half a period. Through half a period. Nine games in a row without letting the other team score. And the Oilers have, what, two wins in those nine games? Yes, two so, in the last ten now. So I mean, the correlation is obvious. You you don't come out prepared to start. You, you make mistakes early. You get a little sleepy at the beginning of the game. You try to wade yourself into a game. You're going to find yourself on the wrong end at the end of the night. It's, starts are so important in the National Hockey League. It's hard to chase. It is hard to chase. And the Oilers' valiant effort coming back, tying the game up, but then that one mistake because of the, the bad start finds them chasing again. So the the others have talked about it. The coaches have talked about it. The players have come out and said they know they got to be better, yet they still continue to do it uh, until they fix that part of their hockey game. They're not going to be a team that's going to win a lot of games. They've got to get out. they got to get leads, especially when you're playing on the road because they get to, to match lines. And now all of a sudden, when you got a 2 nothing lead, it's much easier to match lines against, okay, we just got to shut down McDavid now. Yep. So, I mean, the Oilers got to get better at it. And if they knew the answer, they, they would have fixed it by now. So, obviously, this is something that they got to spend a little more time on. All right, I believe Josh was at the game tonight. Hi, Josh. Hey there, how you guys doing? Doing very well. Thank you for calling. Yes, well, uh, I, I just, uh, I, you know, I've been listening uh, in the game. And I, I'm surprised you guys haven't been talking about Gustafson's uh, performance tonight. I mean, obviously, they got off to a slow start. That's going to happen. They're the Oilers. But uh, I haven't seen such a, a shaky performance from a goalie. I was terrified every time he was out there. I mean, every time the play came to him. It looked like my dad had suited up and went out there. It was terrifying. Uh, I mean, we've, we've seen Gustafson twice now this year. The first game, he was very good, excellent. Uh, in Detroit and tonight yeah I mean he moves around a lot Josh like he, he, he should, he's I, he, gangly he in there the butterfly he like tucks his heels back he's the only guy I've seen that gets smaller in the butterfly than he than he is normally I don't it just he seemed out of position obviously he doesn't get a lot of games but it uh, I think that with them actually trying to make a push back in the second and third and then uh, and not having someone that they really felt confident in the back and then losing tonight it's a real bitter pill for for the team if they're actually going to try to push at the end a lot of energy expended but you know your goalie's letting in anything that goes at them or scrambling at every single thing well I I, you like know that that hurt the team the, the the first goal is the one that i mean he was screened he couldn't see the puck but he was down in his butterfly and he's a big man and his butterfly didn't cover post to post, which, I mean, I'm never going to critique a goaltender a lot since I don't play the position, never did. 
and I think yeah, there's, neither he, did I. I don't yeah. even understand it. But to me, the the fact that he he couldn't go post to post with his feet because the puck was it was a, it was a low shot that if his if he his pads were post to post it would have been saved even if he didn't see it. Uh, you, you need yeah. a big save, and the I mean the Oilers in the last what would I say eight of the last eight, nine games they've given up three or more goals. That's not good mm-hmm. enough. The save percentage of the goaltenders are down. Now they are giving up some grade A scoring chances in those in those games, but you do need your goaltender to make a big save. The the, the opposition team's goaltenders have been as obviously with the Oilers out shooting the opposition in a number of games. They the beginning of the season when the Oilers started seven and one, in seven of those eight games, their goaltender outplayed the goalie in the other end. In the last ten games. Seven or eight of those games, their goalie has been outplayed. That's for he hasn't had a lot of support from ahead of him, but but it's true. It, that's the way it is. Well, hopefully they'll turn it around in Dallas. Thanks for calling, Josh. And Tom McClellan was asked about that before the game, and you know he did say it's a little bit of both. Like we're not getting the saves, but we're also. I mean, fair comment by I mean Gustafson's style. And I was watching tonight a couple times thinking, oh, wait a minute, where is he going? Like He moves around a lot. I, I describe him as gangly. He looks like he's all arms and legs in there sometimes. Uh, you know, fair question. But, again, the counter to that is, well, they scored one goal in Anaheim. They scored one goal against the Rangers. So it's also hard for me to say, mm-hmm. to criticize a goalie for saying, well, you didn't get a shutout, so you weren't good, because that's the only way they would have won well, all those games. At the end of the night, the, the, the 20 players that the Oilers dressed weren't good enough. So, I mean, you can find fault from top to bottom here. The best line of the L.A. Kings outplayed the best line of the the Edmonton Oilers. The L.A. Kings goaltending was better than the Edmonton Oilers goaltending. The L.A. Kings specialty teams was better than the Edmonton Oilers specialty teams. So there's a a number of reasons why the L.A. Kings won tonight's game. Going to get to Kevin in a second here. I just want to quickly get to the uh, out-of-town scoreboard. That is courtesy of Advantage Trailer Rentals. The Ducks move into sole possession of first in the Pacific, two ahead of the Oilers with a 3-2 win over the Devils. The Canucks win 3-2 in overtime over the Coyotes. The Stars beat the Avalanche 3-2. The Stars are playing very good hockey considering the number of players and the quality of players they have out of their lineup. They got a funny-looking record, 7-6-5. The Wilds shut out the Bruins 1-0. The Blues beat the Sharks 3-2, so the Sharks could have leapfrogged the Oilers into second. They don't. The Pacific Division is not good right now, guys. Uh, the Predators over the Senators 5-1. The Leafs ring up the Panthers 6-1. Flyers over the Jets 5-2. And the Lightning beat the Sabres 4-1. Okay, we have Kevin on the phone line. Kevin, thanks for calling. Hey, boys, how you doing tonight? Doing great. Good, I'm uh, calling from Prince Albert from the Ramada, so you know my life's doing good. Cool, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a question for Rob, because, Rob, you actually played the league. Oilers have been losing consistently by the same reasons. Like, uh, they've out teams. What is, the go- what is the coach saying now to, like, motivate them? Can he do anything different, you know what I mean? Well, I, I think at some point, uh, ice time is what he says. He doesn't say it through words. I think he says it through... I see. Uh, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to go a different lineup tonight. You know, you're not... Like he's been doing that anyways. He, he has. He has yeah. with Everly. And, but there's a, there's a number of players that are underperforming. Like uh, Benoit Pouliot, they need more oh, out of him. Yeah. And so maybe you send a message. Maybe you set a veteran out. Because it's the same so thing. So it's got to be more of a harsh message kind of thing instead of sitting a guy for the third period. Uh, 
Pro- possibly. I think you're at yeah. that point. It's five straight games, yeah. and yeah. this is a team that it's the same. It's the same failings in all of these games. They get off to slow starts. Right. Uh, there's there's big uh, gregarious turnovers or or missed coverage. I mean, I don't think that Todd McClellan and the coaching staff is telling them, okay, go out there tonight, and I want you to start slow. And then, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I, I think the things are being said. And sometimes he's going to sound like a broken record. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not in the dressing room enough, so I don't know if he's right. if there's the yelling and screaming now. I don't right, know if it's right. the let's have a conversation about where we're right. going. But at some point, what you're doing is not good enough. So right. we're gonna right. we're gonna take that ice time away. Right now, it's been tough for him to do that because the others don't have enough healthy bodies. Very true. Very true. But can't, uh, substitute. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but they are getting healthy. They're, the players are coming back very very soon and when he does that instead of pulling now the easy thing next game all right we're going to pull out a slap of chef right he has those options then yes so i think that's what you do and if you pull out say it's a pouliot or say it's right. it's somebody with with a little more cachet yeah good yeah. point yeah so i mean and I, i'll say good night boys rob brown i just want to say I want you to finish in the top ten at the Lake Tahoe Classic one year, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that uh, I'm capable of doing that. I think the yips would come into play on in those. It's an interesting discussion about uh, Hendricks. Uh, no, the last word we got on that earlier today was potentially playing mm-hmm. on, on Saturday, and you know Hendricks is going to want to play. And, and I mean, look. Um, is Benoit Pouliot the guy that comes out? Because he's he's not creating a lot. He's gone 11 games without a point. Didn't get a shot on goal tonight. And, I mean, we saw him a couple times throw the puck blindly up the wall in his own end. I think one got out because the L.A. defenseman wasn't there, but, but another time it got intercepted. He doesn't. He hasn't been making the most detailed plays. No, nope. you know, and we know what Pouliot can do, but we haven't. We haven't seen it this year. And and that's the thing. I mean, Slepeshev uh, has come in, and, and I thought he played well tonight. He was physical. He had the uh, the cycle going down low with his line mates. So he'd be a guy that you'd think of. Uh, a Pitlick who's had an excellent start to the season. He's got five goals playing on your fourth line with no candy time on the power play. He's doing his job. Letestu, he's consistent. He gives you what he gives you, and he's not coming out because he's a penalty killer, and he's a guy that wins face-offs. So now, who are you going to take out? And if you look down, up and down the lineup, maybe you shake it up a little bit. And I've been on teams that have struggled, and when the team struggles, all right, they pull out a fourth-line guy, put a different fourth-line guy in. Or, you know what, we're going to make changes here. Things aren't going right. We're going to make changes. So you pull a guy that's your... 12th or 13th forward, you send him to the minors and you call up another guy. Doesn't The rest of the team looks up. Yeah, okay, you really showed us. Minutes, yeah. yeah, all right, there you go. There goes the five-minute guys down to the minors. Some message. Sometimes you have to send a message that what we have here is not acceptable. And you got to do it before it gets away. And right now, things are starting to get away from the Oilers because we were just looking. The Oilers were sitting very nicely at the top of the Western Conference. They're two points right now from being out of a playoff spot. That's how tight this conference is and will be throughout the, the rest of the, the regular season. you got to make sure you stop this in the tracks. All right, 4-2. The Kings beat the Oilers. Five straight losses for Edmonton. You'll hear from Milan Lucic when we get back. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
The LA Kings beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-2. LA jumped out to a 2-0 lead before the game was eight minutes old. The Oilers woke up in the second period, tied it on goals by Nurse and Clefbaum, but then just... 38 seconds after Clefbaum made it 2-2, Jeff Carter scored on a shorthanded breakaway that stood up as the winner. Devin Setaguchi added an insurance goal for the Kings at 13-15 of the third. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. It's 12-23. Text here to 630-630. This person says, let's talk about the obvious underperforming Lucic. Where are the hits? Where are the one battles? He's invisible out there. Uh, Milan's been up and down. He's had some games that have been good. He's had some games where he hasn't been noticed. Uh, I would have expected tonight to be a kind of game that you would see him excel, the same as in Anaheim. He was brought in to play against the Western Conference-type teams. Uh, And, I mean, points-wise, I think he's probably right where I expected him to be. he's a little below. Yeah, I mean, I I figured he'd be a 50-55-point guy. I mean, he's not all of a sudden going to become uh, a superstar goal scorer just because he signed a big contract. But I thought there would be more physical play at times, and we didn't see that tonight at all. And I'm sure he's frustrated too. I've I've read stuff where he got off to a very slow start in L.A. last year before things turned around for him. Uh, hopefully that'll be the same here because the Oilers are not deep on the wings, and they their best wingers have got to be good because if they're not, you're seeing what happens, two wins in ten games. All right, let's go back to L.A. Here's Milan Lucic. Well, it helps when you get the first goal. I mean, uh, we're letting teams pounce on us early and get that first goal and establish that lead, and, you know, it's hard to play catch-up hockey. I think, you, you know, look back at any any year, the team that scores the first goal of a game usually ends up winning. But, uh, you know... In saying that, also, the way you get out of a hump, the way you get out of a losing streak, you gotta, you know, create your own luck and and, and fight your way back. And you know, we had an opportunity in uh, you know the second period on a power play, and unfortunately, instead of the power play giving us something, it it uh, you know it gives them a goal. So you know that's obviously uh, a tough minus to take. And then you know in the third period. We were pressing, and you know we were able to create some some pretty good scoring chances. But you know you, you got to bear down when you get those chances, and you know especially myself, you know you got to find that confidence again, and and uh, find that scoring touch in those areas uh, when you get those opportunities, because uh, you know they you know they don't come by often. So when you get them, you got to make sure they count and. Uh, we gotta we gotta find something somewhere to to turn this thing around. You mentioned uh, you guys had some chances. Did you feel like Todd shaking up the lines maybe gave you a little bit of momentum? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, got certain guys going, and uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't enough to get us back in the hockey game. So uh, one more game on this road trip, uh, looking to get something out of it. So. Uh, ends up being a, you know, even bigger game on, on, on Saturday night. Now that it's over, uh, what was it like just overall coming back to this building and playing against your former team? Oh, it was fun. Uh, like I said before the game, it's no matter if you're a home player or a road player, it's always fun playing in LA here at the Staples Center. So, uh, you know, you always circle that game on your calendar. 
you know, when you play your former team. And uh, I was really looking forward to this game. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately it doesn't, you know, end up well on my side. We, we didn't get that win. And, and you know, that's it's kind of the, the bitter part about it. All right, that's Milan Lucic, who was set up brilliantly a couple of times in the third period by Connor McDavid. Couldn't finish. Kings win it 4-2. Text to 630-630 from Ammer. I hope I'm saying your name properly. Thanks for writing in. Thoughts on Adam Larson? How is he doing? Is he doing what they brought him in to do? Uh, I think so. I think he's been very good. I mean, tonight, eight hits. I mean, that's not... When, when we got Larson, I thought, okay, good shutdown guy. Move the puck. You can play him against the other team's best players. Feel comfortable. I didn't expect the the physicality, and we've seen more and more from him. He he, he doesn't. It's not the big Scott Stevens open ice hit, but he closes on guys and he smushes them against the wall. He's a big man. Uh, I, I think he's been very good. I mean, they needed somebody that they could put out there to to stem the tide when things started going against them, and I think he has been everything they expected him to be. Another texter says, do you guys think the biggest thing the Oilers are missing is Chris Russell? He was their best D before he got injured. I think you'll see a big difference when he gets back. Weak D has been our Achilles heel. Well, I'm, I, for me, Rob, I mean, if Chris Russell plays Saturday, and apparently he might, uh, obviously Bob's with the team and he suggested that. Look, you can never say one guy is going to come in and, and the losses will stop. I will say this. This is what I think Russell adds. He skates fairly well. He gets to the puck. He moves the puck up fairly quickly and fairly accurately most of the time. And, you know, he's able to block shots. And he has played, I mean, 500 and some games in the NHL. So he knows he knows what to do. He knows how to compete. He's not going to come in and be an all-star. But what I like about Russell is I think he's at that point where, I mean, you, you were in dressing rooms. You, you, you like to look at a guy and say, I'm reading your mind here. But, but no, from talking to you and players I've interviewed, they, they like to look at a guy and say, okay, I know what that guy's going to do. He doesn't have to be a star player. Mm-hmm. But he say, you know, I know when this guy's on the ice, I know his tendencies, and I know 18 games out of 20, he's going to do that. And I, and I think at least that is what Russell has been able to do. Yeah, he, he's been, uh, I mean, you're comfortable when he's on the ice. He, he's been consistent. He's not flashy, but he does the little things. Uh, he's a top four defenseman, and he's going to play, you know, 19, 20 minutes a night. And in those 19, 20 minutes, you have the confidence that, that he's going to do the right things. So, yeah, he adds experience to your back end. I don't think there's anything that he you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. Uh, he, he's been a, a very nice addition, and the team is certainly a better team when he is in the lineup. And, I mean, if he if he's healthy, Griba probably comes out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Russell's a better defenseman than Griba. Griba's had some good nights, but he's a 6'7 guy. Despite that dangle move he made tonight, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not going to move the puck as well as, as Russell. He, he might be more physical, um, but Griba doesn't always get there, too, to make the hit, right? So that's why you'd, you'd put Russell in. I don't, I don't think you can take Benning out after how he played tonight. I, I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't. Um, sometimes you take the you just the de facto is you take the young kid out and and put him back and, and eventually he's going to go to the minors. But he he was very good tonight. To me, Griba comes out next game if Russell's in, and the other six defensemen are better than the six defensemen they played tonight. All right, 
So here's what's going on sports-wise on 6.30, Chet. It now is Friday, so later today, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. My guests will include Ottawa Red Blacks quarterback Henry Burris. Our next Oilers broadcast is on Saturday, 3.30 face-off show. Game will start at 5 as they visit the Dallas Stars. Sunday morning, East Final on 6.30, Ched. 9.30 for the pregame show, 11 o'clock kickoff Edmonton at Ottawa with a berth in the Grey Cup on the line. That's going to be fun. Are you, are you going to be watching the game like I'm watching the game? What do you mean? Well, where are you going to be? I will probably be at Oil, an Oilers practice you during need, the game, maybe watching on my phone or laptop. I was going to say you'll have the phone and laptop going. It, it, it's, it's, it's cool. I don't follow the CFL as much as a lot of people do. I do definitely get into the playoffs. I hope there's inclement weather. I love watching Might the games. Might rain. Might rain. They're, it's awesome then. But And I watched the news, and I saw Mike Riley is healthy and ready to play. play. So it's going to be an exciting day for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, okay, quick question before we wrap up. Yes. Quarterback, is that the, did you have to be, is that, does that require the most toughness in all of sports? Quarterback? Yeah. I mean, in all the sports outside of hockey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, to think, I mean, to stand there, looking downfield, Having to hold your ground while these really big, angry men come at you 100 miles an hour, yeah, you got to be tough to do it. And you're always playing hurt. So, I mean, good on I mean, he's an inspirational leader for that team. I, I expect a, a victory, and I expect a, a Grey Cup game. The follow, is it the following Sunday? The following Sunday. Yeah, so, I mean, there are some good things happening in Edmonton with sports right now. The All Eskimos right. are one of them. Yeah, the Oilers will try to turn it around against the Stars. They have lost five in a row. The Kings take it tonight 4-2. We've got some additional uh, post-game comments as well, I think, from Zach Cassian that are going to be on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Matthew Panashik, our studio producer this evening. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. Talk to you soon.